following message was given by Raymond Goodlett on Sunday, December 24th at Redemption Hill Church. For more information about the church, visit us online at www.redemptionhill.org. Every time we have the chance to gather together like this, it really is a privilege. I'm so glad that, that you made it out this, this evening. Uh, and we, we do this by the grace and invitation of the Lord. So let's come before him just to pray and, and set our hearts before him. And then we'll get into tonight's message. All right? Father, thank you so much just uh, again for the chance to, to meet together like this and to, to hear you speak to us. And especially as we approach Christmas tomorrow, we just, uh, we're going to get ready and many of us to exchange gifts with each other. And um, as Terrell was saying earlier, help us not to miss the fact that you gave us the greatest gift of all in your son, Jesus. And uh, help us to receive him with glad and sincere hearts and to make him known everywhere we go. We ask this in his name, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Now, how many of you are 10 years old or younger? All right, good, all right, good number of you. Now, I'm, yeah. When I was your age, my favorite Christmas gifts were toys. Who else likes toys for Christmas? All right. Now, yes. In fact, that's all I wanted was toys. To and I mean battery-operated toys. It had to be something you could put batteries in that had blinking lights uh, some, maybe, a, maybe a race car or a transformer, something, just something loud and, 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 you know, that could put holes in the wall. Anyway, those were my favorite toys. I never made a, I never made a list of the, of the things that I wanted. That's a new thing. Like, I, I've never really made a list, but maybe I should have because every year, every year, there was always that, that gift that you would pick up and you were so excited to see what that next gift was and you picked it up and, you know, it was just a little bit light, you know? or sometimes soft, and you kind of knew it was socks or a sweater. And, and of course, we, we always pretended to be very grateful for those socks and that sweater because that's what we were told to do. <laughs> but, but truth be told, we, we would rather have some toys. Well, anyway, uh, maybe I should have made a list. I, I, heard, I heard this story about an eight-year-old boy who did make a list. He made a list of all the Christmas gifts that he wanted and it was getting really close to Christmas, and so he, he didn't want to take any chances by sending his letter off to the North Pole or whatever. He, he decided, I better go straight to Jesus with this list. And so that's what he did. He started to write, and he said, Dear Jesus, I've never really done this before, but I, I want to share my, my, my list of Christmas gifts with you to see if you'll give them to me. Now, I want you to know, I've been a very good boy the entire year, and so... And then he stopped. And he, he thought about the entire year, and earlier that year, he just, he just remembered that day where he had, he had lied to his mom so many times, and he, he's like, ah, I, I, yeah. He, he, he got rid of that, he started over. Dear Jesus, I want you to know I've been a really good boy for the last six months, and, and so he thought about it, and... Now, he remembered that summer how rotten he had been to his sister on their Christmas vacation. He, he started over, and one more try. Dear Jesus, I've been a really good boy these last two months. And so, you know, he thought about that stash of Halloween candy that he was not supposed to take more than one out of each day, and he 
He's been dipping into it many times without his parents knowing. He just, he got so frustrated. He's like, man, I guess I haven't been a good boy after all. He just got so frustrated. He threw the paper. He threw the pencil. He, got, he, was, he was just about to give up. And then he looked over on their mantle and he spotted that nativity scene. And this is from the Goodlet Little People nativity scene here. He spot, this is not culturally sensitive at all. This was definitely made you know, more than 10 years ago. But he, he spotted this nativity scene and all of a sudden he had this idea. Something came to him. He grabbed Mary. And he brought Mary back over to the table. And he picked up that pencil and he started to write. And he said, now listen here, Jesus. If you ever want to see your mother again. <laughs> uh, no, no, that is made up. We hope. We hope that's made up. And, and I don't think any one of us is really in danger of trying to threaten Jesus this Christmas. But here, here's why I do mention that. I do think we might be like that little boy in at least one way. It's so easy to go into tomorrow and into this Christmas season thinking mostly about what we want and what we hope to get out of this holiday. And uh, I just want us to turn our attention now in our hearts to think about what is it that God wants? What does God want? What was on his mind and his heart when he sent his son into the world? And so right now what we want to do is just kind of get a little bit of heaven's answer to that question. We're going to get to hear from Jesus himself in John chapter 18. If you have a Bible, you can turn to John chapter 18, verse 37. And then we're also going to hear from the angel Gabriel. All right, so we'll begin here in John chapter 18, verse 37. Just listen closely to what Jesus said when he was actually on trial. He was standing before Pontius Pilate. And as Jesus began to speak to Pilate, he said in John chapter 18, verse 37, For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world. So here we are. Jesus, the Son of God, is about to tell us in one sense and in one way what the meaning of Christmas was really all about. Here's why I was born. Here's why I came into the world. And Jesus says there, for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth or on the side of the truth listens to my voice. First thing I want you to hear from Jesus is that Christmas Day and truth go together. Truth is central to what Jesus has in mind when we talk about Christmas from heaven's perspective. And so it's right for us to consider truth and to have some truth in mind as we approach this great holiday. And and before I say anything else about that, I want you to notice what Jesus does not say in verse 37. He does not say, I have come to bear witness to my truth. All right, very common, I think, for us to speak that way or think that way today. We, we hear it all the time. I, I need to speak my truth. And, well, that's just your truth. And no, if, if what we're talking about is actually truth, then it's what Jesus is talking about here when he says that he has come to bear witness to the truth. All right, truth, if it's really truth, 
is true for everybody. Does that make sense? Regardless of what I think about it, regardless of what you think about it, if it's truth, then it's true for all of us. And, and Jesus came to bear witness to the truth. And some of the truth that Jesus came to set before our eyes at Christmas time can be seen in the names that were given to the Son of God. Look, look with me at Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. The angel Gabriel is dispatched from heaven and he comes to Joseph and he's speaking to Joseph who, who, who right now is second guessing his future and he, he speaks to Joseph and says, Joseph, don't worry about it. Everything's going according to, not, not your plan, but mine. Carry on, you're, you're going to marry Mary and verse 21, the angel Gabriel said to him, Mary will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Why? Why did they give him the name Jesus? And Gabriel went on to say, you shall call him Jesus for or because he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus actually means Yahweh saves or the Lord saves. The, the reason that Jesus was born into this world, the truth about why he needed to be born into this world, has everything to do with something that was true about us. You and I, while we often tend to think about ourselves as very good people, are not nearly as good as we like to think. We are sinners desperately in need of forgiveness. We need to be saved from our sins, both the ultimate penalty of those sins and what those sins deserve, and also the ongoing power of those sins in and over our lives. And Jesus came to deliver us from both of those. As the old song says, rock of ages cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Be of sin the double cure, cleanse me from its guilt and power. Jesus came to heal us from on the one side and rescue us from the penalty that our sins deserve and from the power that it continues to hold over our lives. He came to give us forgiveness and freedom. Forgiveness by offering himself on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins. Freedom by empowering us with his Holy Spirit who now lives inside of us. You remember that eight-year-old boy in my story? We do make that mistake often, don't we? We think of ourselves as such good people, but the more we think about it, with a little bit of help from God, just like that little boy, I think we end up throwing the pencil and the paper away. Hopefully we don't threaten Jesus, but you get the idea. You get the idea. I remember, this was 20, well, it goes up every year, 27 years ago now. I was a 20-year-old young man uh, and I was just on my way to becoming a Christian. I, I'd always thought of myself as a Christian before, but, but God was just starting to reveal to me that it, actually, no, if this is what it looks like from the Bible to be a follower of Jesus, then Raymond, you aren't that. And the invitation is here. You can become a follower of my son, Jesus Christ, but you're just not there yet. And anyway, I, I thought of myself as a pretty decent person at that time. And as I started to read the Bible, I, 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 was, I felt challenged by God, by His Spirit, I believe, just speaking to me and saying, here's what I want you to do. Just be good for one week. 
Everything that you're seeing that you should do, everything that I'm telling you in the Bible your life should look like, go do that. And he said, you know what, just, you're just starting out. Let me, let me narrow it down and make it easier for you. Let me simplify it for you. Just don't be selfish this week. Don't put your needs or desires ahead of anyone else's. All I want you to do is be unselfish this week. Don't lie. He also told me, don't, don't try to look at your reflection in a mirror or that kind of a thing. You know, just. But just a couple of things that, I, honestly, after two hours, I just discovered, I, I can't do this. And I learned something then that I'm still learning as I go and as I grow with the Lord. I'm just not, I'm not a very good person. In, in fact, the Lord put it this way to me, I think through his spirit, just speaking to me. He said, you know, think about it this way. You never have to try this hard to be something that you naturally are. If you have to try this hard to be good, what does that tell you? Friends, we're not the good people we'd like to think. The reason we have to try so hard to be good is because by nature, we are not. And look, I can just look at your faces and tell, you, you know that that's true. I can tell. Some of you, I, you, I don't know. The, the, some of you actually, I, I'm tempted to think, I don't know, you might be, you might be the exception to this. Now, I, thankfully though, I have the Bible to, to help me understand that, that, no, that's not the case. Listen, listen to what the Bible tells us about this. Now this, this I know for sure is God's spirit speaking because it's coming right out of the Bible. So Mark chapter 10, verse 17 through 18. Jesus met this guy and we, we often refer to him as the rich young ruler in the Bible. And he comes up to Jesus in Mark 10, 17. And as Jesus was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, this guy, you have to remember, doesn't yet understand that Jesus is God. But he calls him good teacher. And in verse 18, Jesus looks at him and Jesus said, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. And the Apostle Paul says something very similar in Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. In Romans 3, verse 10 through 12, we see this. As it is written, and, and Paul says that there because he's quoting from Psalm 14 and Psalm 53. As it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. The, the way that the Bible indicts all of us is very clear. Not one of us is good. And that might seem extreme to you. Perhaps even still that seems extreme. And you're thinking, I know, I know lots of good people. Even if you wouldn't sneak yourself into that category, you're, you're looking around maybe or you're thinking about people and thinking, I, I know lots of people who are good. But, but let, me under, let me help you understand what, what the Bible is saying here because it, it is important. Am I short or am I tall? Now, take your time now. Hold on. 
Am I short or am I tall? It, it depends, doesn't it? It depends. I mean, if you stand me up next to one of the, the kids here, I might look pretty tall. Right? But you stand me up next to Jerry over here, and you'd, think, you'd say I'm short. Because it really matters who you're comparing me to. Does that make sense? The word good is like that as well. It's, it's kind of a comparison word. If I say that I'm a good person, what it means is I've compared myself to some standard of goodness. And I'm saying that I measure up to that standard. But if you change the standard, all of a sudden, it would make sense to say I'm not good. Well, what Jesus is saying here is there's a way in which to talk about what it means to be good where all of us are being measured by heaven's standards of goodness. And Jesus tells us very plainly, that standard is God himself. No one is good except God alone. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short of that standard that puts us in a place where we need the forgiveness that only Christ can offer. Amen? And so, now that I've established that I'm short, probably in more ways than one, go with me if you would. Go with me again to Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Let's hear something else the, the angel Gabriel says. Some of the truth we need to keep before our eyes includes the truth that Jesus has come to save sinners and we all need that because we are sinners, that we're not as good as we'd like to think. And then there's something else in another name that was given to the Son of God. Let's listen to the angel Gabriel pick up in verse 22. Matthew 1, All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means... God with us. Friends, no matter what else you do tomorrow or throughout the rest of this holiday, in all the hustle and bustle and busyness and whatever else you do, put this truth before your heart. In Jesus, God himself has come to be with us. God himself, God did not, he did not make it so that you and I have to try to find our way to heaven. He did not make it so that we have to figure everything out. He did not make it so that we have to bridge the gap that existed between us and him because of sin. He came all the way from heaven himself in his son, Jesus Christ. And what that means, very simply and practically, is that it, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how far gone you think your life is. You, you might be on the exact opposite of the spectrum. There's the one person next to you who believes him or herself to be very good. And then there's you. And you believe you're one of the worst people ever. Whatever, whatever you happen to think right now. The fact that God has come all the way to us to make his forgiveness and salvation known means that you and I are never more than one step away from God. We are never more than one step away, 
one step of faith, one step of listening and believing to what, believing what he has said, just one, one simple step of faith to having all of our sins forgiven and to having a full share in the eternal life that only Jesus can give. He went to such great lengths, such great lengths to let us know how much he loved us. Because, and you know he loved us, not just because the Bible says it. Yes, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And that, that was true, yes, indeed, obviously, on the cross. Um, it, was, it was true at Christmas time. It was an incredible act of love through which God loved us, and he gave his son to be the provision for our sins. And, and when you love somebody that much, you, you don't just want to do something good for them. You, you don't just want to give them a good gift. You want to be with them, you know? And one of the things that we see in our God is that his love for us is such that, yes, he, he wants to forgive our sins and remove the barrier between us and him. Yes, he wants to give us good gifts. Yes. But why does he ultimately want to do all of that? He, he wants to be with us. He created us for that relationship and he wants us to be with him. And we see that in Christmas so clearly. He comes all the way. Jesus comes to make God known, to remove the sin that separated us from him, and to make it so that we never have to be separated from him ever again. That promise is still being held out to all of us. And, and I don't know all of you in the room this evening. Many of you I know, you've already come to the Lord. You've already come to Jesus' cross where he died for your sins. You've asked him to forgive you. By faith, you believe he has forgiven those sins, and we trust that he indeed has forgiven those sins and has put them out of God's sight forever. And you are walking him with, with him now as a child of God. And for some of you, I don't know, this, this could be the day. Let today be the day. This could be the day where something that you've either never heard before or something that you've heard a lot but never truly surrendered to will today make the difference in your life. And I just want to say that the Lord holds that invitation out to all of us. Whether, whether we're coming near to him in our hearts this Christmas um, for the millionth time to receive the grace and the mercy that we all need on a daily basis, or whether we're coming to him for the very first time to have our sins forgiven. That invitation stands, and Jesus is there with open arms to receive you if you'll come to him. I'll, I'll leave you with the words of uh, some of the words from that song, O Holy Night, which is probably still my favorite Christmas song. In a little-known verse that we'll sing in a little bit, that song says, Come then to him who lies within the manger. With joyful shepherds proclaim him as Lord. Let not the promised Son remain a stranger, but in reverent worship make Christ your adored. Let's pray together. Let's pray together as we remember that Jesus came all the way here to bring us the forgiveness and freedom that we need and that God sent him that we might be with him forever. Father, we do thank you. We thank you for the gift that will never be outdone. We thank you for your gracious gift of your son and how you sent him at Christmas time 
to pave the way for us to ultimately come to his cross where we could be forgiven and where you would remove anything that stood between us so that our relationship with you could once again be what it was always designed to be. We thank you, Lord, that you've done that for so many of us, and we thank you that even now, whether in this room or somewhere else between tonight and tomorrow, you're going to do that for so many people. And Lord, we thank you for all those who will be welcomed into your eternal family through faith in Christ tonight, tomorrow, throughout this holiday as we remember the greatest of all gifts. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Everybody said. You've been listening to a message by Raymond Goodlett given at Redemption Hill Church in Richmond, Virginia. For more information on the church and to hear other messages, please visit us online at www.redemptionhill.org.